This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Radio Astronomy, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Welcome to Radio Astronomy, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. Today we're travelling down to the National Astronomers Meeting, being held this year in Cardiff. It's an annual event where astronomers from around the country gather together to talk about their various different astronomical endeavours. Hello, I'm at the National Astronomers Meeting here in Cardiff today, and today I'm talking to Alex Anderson, uh, who gave a talk about discovering radio transients using humans and machines. Uh, that sounds very exciting. Um, one of the particularly exciting things was that you uh, use a data set from the particularly evocatively named Thundercat. Yeah. Um, so could you tell us what exactly is Thundercat and what were you looking for? Yeah, sure. So, so Thundercat, in, in, in what we do is a survey uh, taken from the Meerkat telescope. Um, and Thundercat, uh, as a name, stands for a slightly uh, sort of tortured acronym for uh, <laughs> the hunt for dynamic and explosive radio transients with Meerkat. So it really you know, rolls off the tongue. Um, but it, I think it was inspired by one of the, one of the PIs of the project, um, their husband was a big fan of the Thundercat comic books, and so I think it's kind of been forced in there. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good name. And the whole aim of it is to look for different kinds of uh, things that sort of go bump in the night with radio telescopes, basically. Um, so we look for all kinds of um, systems both in our galaxy and out of our galaxy, and, and my work is on uh, yeah, searching for one of the interesting transient things that we didn't necessarily know about beforehand. So when you say a, a transient thing, what do you actually mean? Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a, bit of a catch-all, right? Um, so, so just a radio transient in this case is just something that we see, you know, in, when we look in one week with our radio telescopes, it's not there, and then look a few weeks later and it's suddenly there. 
Um, so this could be things like nearby stars that sort of flare like our sun does. Um, this could be distant galaxies that are sort of scintillating a little bit um, and just about anything in between. So it's a pretty um, general method that doesn't specialize into anything. It's just sort of um, stars, galaxies, anything in between, really. Mm -hmm. And you search through your data set using humans and machines. Indeed, yeah. So the human part of it is a, a citizen science project. Uh, why are, are using people particularly good? Yeah, so, so um, yeah, we have our, our sort of citizen science project um, called Burst from Space Meerkat, which looks for Burst from Space from, from Meerkat. And it's worked really well and because um, our volunteers sort of are able to look through our data in a much more sort of thorough way than, say, I could do by myself, right? So I, I could say set some sort of um, statistical sort of test to say, oh, if, if the thing I'm looking for behaves like this or changes like that, that might be one way of finding it. But sort of previous tests have shown that um, that often doesn't get the best results and our volunteers can find things that we wouldn't be able to find with those kind of um, sort of statistical tests alone. Um, and they can, so they can basically dig through our data you know, quickly and very efficiently and find lots of interesting things that we wouldn't have found otherwise. Mm -hmm. But obviously with, uh, there's whole new generations of telescopes yeah. coming out. And one of the big problems I know a lot of astronomers are having is just way too much data. So how are you managing to, to cope with that even when, you, even when you've democratized it to a thousand yeah. people? How are you coping with that? Yeah, so this is, this is a really good point, right? And, and the citizen science work we've done so far, you know, it's, very, it's very quick um, over the sort of uh, sky area that we've covered with, with the survey. Um, but it's not infinitely scalable, right? It's, you know, as data rates get more intense and, and, you know, there's not a, we can't expect billions of people looking at my, you know, our data, even though that would be quite nice. Um, so, yeah, so one of the, one of the answers is, is uh, turning to machine learning uh, techniques. Um, so specifically, I've been using um, sort of unsupervised um, anomaly detection techniques that sort of look to find the anomalous and strange and interesting things in your data. Um, and then I can sort of leverage the, the power of our, our volunteers to see other things that our sort of machine models find to be interesting and anomalous, are those the same things that our volunteers said were interesting variables and transients? So you're specifically looking for the things that are weird? Yeah, yeah, sort of, it's, it, yeah. The things you're not expecting. Exactly, to yeah. So we phrase it as an anomaly detection type thing because, um, you know, in a given patch of sky, maybe one or two percent of the things in that region of sky will be the interesting variables and transients. Um, so the 98% of it is, is haystack and only 1% or 2% is, is needle, right? So, <laughs> so that's the kind of thing we're after, yeah. And have you managed to find anything interesting so far? Yeah, so, so um, but the volunteers have done some, some amazing work. Um, one of my fa favourite things that they found um, is um, this thing called an OH Mesa star. Um, so this is, uh, this is not really my area of expertise. So I had to, <laughs> they found this and I went, oh, that's really cool. Let's, let's find out more about that. Um, and so this is a... a a uh, star that's lived through its sort of main middle age and is now sort of at the end of its life. And it has a sort of very big sort of dusty atmosphere around it. And the star is sort of in the middle of that dust. And it sort of, um, it basically creates a, a laser in space by sort of pumping this sort of gas and dust around it with, with, with light. And yeah, so it's a, a space laser they basically found. <laughs> a um, giant space Yeah, laser. pretty much. Um, and it shows some really interesting behavior, which we can't fully explain yet. Um, we've got some ideas and we might do some, some more observations to, to figure that out. And that's been a nice, nice one to... to get involved with our volunteers, yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you think that one day machines will be able to completely replace humans looking through this kind of data? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, certainly it, using machine learning techniques and AI and so on is going to become you know, ever more important as data gets more and more. Um, 
but but I don't think it can do everything. There's there's been some work from from collaborators of mine and and, and others that have shown that you know one of the best things you can do is try and use the machines and things they're good at. So doing you know lots of computation, digging through you know vast amounts of data. But then where the humans really excel is where you know where things get a bit uh, unexpected or or serendipitous or um, yeah into the unknown a little bit. And so you know there are ways you might be able to prioritize if the machines can do you know the heavy lifting and then provide sort of the um, a smaller sample of the most interesting candidates you know in your in your data for example that's what then the, the volunteers can can do. Um, and there's been some work that I've seen that really shows that the combination of the two provides a sort of unique window that does better than you know, either technique alone, which is, I think is you know, really promising. Mm-hmm. So it's the, the machine finds the sort of, winnows it down, and then you have humans Yeah, I think that's, check it. that's a really good way of, of doing it, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and we've been talking a lot about the, the, the data that you're looking through, mm-hmm. but um, it's being taken by, by Meerkat, yep. as you said, um, which obviously isn't a small animal. So could you tell us what exactly is Meerkat? Right, so, so Meerkat is, is a telescope in South Africa, in uh, the Karoo region of South Africa. Um, and so, so as, as in all areas of astronomy, it's also an acronym. Um, so, so the CAT part stands for Karoo Array Telescope because it's an array of telescopes in the Karoo region. And the Mir is, is Afrikaans for more. So originally the project had seven dishes, but now they've got more of them. So decided to call it More Cat, basically. And the, by pure coincidence, I'm sure, that also happens to be the name of the small lovable animal in the area. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic facility that um, came online only a few years ago and is really, you know, changing the way we can do this kind of science. And that's only going to get more interesting as it sort of um, scales up to become part of the SKA in due course. Mm-hmm, which is the square kilometre range yes, yeah. um, that's being built across South Africa and Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So obviously the, the work that you're doing is specifically designed for these radio telescopes. Could it be applied to, to other large data sets as well? Yeah, so, so some of my work, particularly the stuff with the machine learning, has is, is taken a bit of a leaf out of um, the book of people who search for optical transients. So this kind of um, uh, anomaly detection techniques um, used on, on, on light curves, how the you know, brightness of our, our sources changes over time. That's something I've taken directly from that work. So it's already being used quite a lot in anticipation for things like um, the Vera Rubin Observatory, and it's gonna have, yeah, which is a facility coming online in a few years, maybe, or maybe next year. I can't remember when it's coming online, <laughs> um, which is going to be similarly searching the sky um, over a long time, looking for interesting transients as well. Um, so very much this kind of technique works in, in you know, any regime where you've got lots and lots of data and want to find interesting weird things. Yeah. Mm, well, it, it certainly sounds fascinating, um, and because it does have a citizen science aspect to it, is it something that people listening at home could possibly get involved with? Oh, yeah. I mean, the more people can get involved, the better, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, our, our um, project is hosted on the Zooniverse website. Um, so if you just maybe Google something like uh, uh, Zooniverse Burst from Space Meerkats, you'll be able to find our project. Uh, we're currently out of data. Our volunteers are actually sort of, um, they're almost too good in some sense. Like they, <laughs> they process the data and, and, and um, you know, tell us all about it in more time than we can prepare new data for them so we've got more data we want to show to them which we're hoping to launch uh, next month um, so so keep eyes peeled for that um, yeah that's, that's, that's where it is uh, Burst from Space Maker yeah. well so if anybody is at home wants to get involved that's how you can go about doing that um, and thank you very much for talking to us today Alex. absolute pleasure thanks for having me thank you for listening to the Radio Astronomy Podcast do be sure to subscribe to get all of the latest astronomy news and stargazing tips and we hope to see you here next time 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Radio Astronomy Podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify.